Welcome back to the GP Productions podcast. Okay, welcome back to the show. And as you can see on your screen, we have a very familiar face here. A man that's in a very, very successful TV show all across the world called Pawn Stars, Mr. Chum Lee. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. Just uh, it's gonna, um, just get, uh, about to get back to work filming a new season, so... You know, taking a few days off, I'm happy to speak with you a little bit here and uh, talk to the fans, you know, get to, get my message out over there in Ireland. Cool, man. How's the last 18 months been for you personally? Um, We worked through uh, quite a bit of it. I worked for about seven months of it, and then I've had the last uh, few months off um, working on some other stuff. So I've been able to keep myself busy working on some other stuff. So um, it hasn't been too bad for me. Yeah, we'll kick into and talk about some other things in a while. But I want to know, um, when you came into that world of working in Pawn, I know you were working in the shop before it was a TV show. So how did you become involved in it initially? So um, I pretty much grew up with Corey. I've known him since we were, you know, junior high, um, about that age. And uh, Rick just decided to, um, he actually wanted to open up a Quiznos sandwich shop. Okay. And they needed they needed someone to run it, and so I was assistant manager at uh, like McDonald's, I think, at the time. And so they took me over there. I ran their Quiznos, and I also worked at the pawn shop at the same time because they were right down the street from each other. So mm-hmm. I did I did that for a couple years, and then they closed down the Quiznos, and I came over to work full time at the pawn shop. And uh, luckily, um, Rick's Rick's had it in his heart to keep me around for so long. Yeah. What was the what was the main differences in obviously working in the pawn shop back in the day and then working in a pawn shop when it's actually a TV show as well? Well, the obvious big difference is the crowd of people, you know. Um, we could get thousands of people, sometimes five and 6,000 people a day coming through the shop as to where back in the day, if we saw 100 customers in the shop, that was considered a pretty good day, you know. So the mass volume of customers and along comes with that is, you know, you gotta, you gotta find more uh, jewelry and more stock to get out there for everyone to come in. And um, people aren't coming there just to pawn things or buy things anymore. They're coming there to check out the building and um, see if they can find any cool artifacts or antiques in there. And um, so the culture of the pawn shop has changed a little bit also um, is to the reason of why people come in, you know. Mm. Uh, And when it comes to say, if I come into your shop with something really cool and there could be a hundred other people there with cool things. Would the TV people 
select what they would pick which would make better television or would they film everything um no it's just a small percentage of what we actually do is on you know tv i'd say less than you know one or two percent you know it's a very small percentage of stuff so it's um the, it's you know the cool items that have good stories or you know history behind them and and mm. things like that because uh you know it, it is the show about the pawn shop but the end of the day we want to be you know educational and we want to have a good time and we want everyone to to feel that so um we want to make sure the item has at least some good fun stuff or some historical stuff to talk about mm -hmm. but would you would you ever find say if you were working one day and you see something really cool come through the door would you ever think that'd be great on tv and you could ring the guys to film or does it work that way um we it's some people don't want to some people don't want to pawn their stuff on tv and usually yeah. they just have their friends sell it for them or something like that because you know we get a lot of people who have really cool stuff and they don't want to be on tv but they want to sell it and you know they don't care if it's on tv so they'll have like their their brother-in-law or their cousin or whatever come in and you know sell it for them um, on the tv but we don't just hand you know we just take what we get we don't really control what we're going to film with um for the most part we get we know we see them and uh right there pretty much you know when we're filming with it you know mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say that you're probably the most lovable character on the show. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. It's like people, people really like you. It's like, uh, what difference do you think that you have compared to the other guys? Compassion. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I don't know. The other guys were just, you know, completely different. You know, Rick is, Rick is uh, Corey's father. So, you know, they obviously Corey's going to grow up more similar to Rick and, I just uh, have a different, I guess, attitude towards life. Uh, I'm a little happier. I don't mind people, you know, cracking the jokes on me and stuff like that. So I think people enjoy the lightheartedness of, of my attitude in that nature. Yeah, I think it brings a finer balance to the show as well to have someone like you there, you know? Yeah, but we got to have us all, you know. it's uh, People always ask me, when, when are you going to do something on your own? And I'm like, oh, no, this, this show is working good. I don't want to, you know, there's no reason to stop doing this show where all three of us are so good together you know I, I think i always tell people that all the time all three of us are completely different but together we make the show what it is you know yeah what's the funniest thing that's ever been brought into the store oh man um we get so much crazy stuff but probably like I don't even know, honestly, the, the, there's so much crazy stuff, but the wildest crazy stuff is like the medical quackery, like, you know, hook this light bulb up to yourself and shock yourself and it will cure baldness, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> but honestly, every day something like so much crazy stuff comes through the door. Yeah. And I've seen a few clips. There's actually a, comp a compilation on YouTube of people bringing in a thing that me and you both like wrestling merchandise and wrestling memorabilia things like that the the episode where someone brought in the dude love shirt and then mm -hmm. Mick, Mick Foley happened to be in town how did that come about um well I forget who knew him but uh you know um I think Rick knew him and we had uh come across some dude love stuff and um you know when he was in town we just scheduled it so that you know we could uh, have him come in authenticate it um at the right time so uh that was pretty easy to do he's actually a really nice guy really cool 
and um, I don't know. He has a he has his own show that just came out right now. So um, kind of like you know helping cross promotion and stuff, you know. Yeah, I, I went to see Mick. Um, he was in Ireland in a place called Cork. It's about two hours from where I live, and I went down there. He was doing his uh, stand-up comedy show. It was about 10 years ago now, and um, he done the show, and then he wanted to meet everyone afterwards. So the show finished at, I think, 9 p.m., and he was still there at 2.30 a.m. signing autographs <laughs> for people. Crazy. I can believe it. I just can see that about him. He definitely was super kind and he's a very smart individual too. Like just to sit down and talk to him and you know, you can see why you made it so far in the wrestling world. Yeah. And who's your favorite ever wrestler? Would you say? Oh, it goes. Uh, I mean, I love, I love actually Cactus Jack, which is still, you know, mankind and Foley, uh, dude love. They're all one and the same, but I grew up. I actually, when I was young, I liked the, he didn't wrestle that long, but do you remember Tatanka? I do remember Tatanka. Yeah, yeah, that was like Tatanka and The Undertaker. You know, those were my, my favorite wrestlers growing up as a kid. Um, and then, you know, we had the NWO wave, and I went over there and loved all the NWO guys, you know, the bad boys. Yeah, I, I actually had Ahmed Johnson on the podcast last night, and Al okay, Snow, cool. and I was talking to both of those guys. So I've been fortunate enough. I find that if you kind of get to talk to one in doing something like this kind of every guest opens a new door if you will you know yeah yeah definitely so i've met some uh, interesting people i i still have my list of wrestlers that i want to get on but they're way up and way up in the sky and i have to just keep climbing the ladder to try to get there yeah you know i'm gonna i'm gonna keep pushing and pushing to try to get rick flair on <laughs> rick flair <laughs> did, you, did you did you see that photo that was going around of rick flair no, I did over, over the last twenty-four hours, I can't. Uh, I don't think I can really mention it. I, I'll, I'll, I'll forward it to your email, and you can see it later. Yeah. All right, yeah. But uh, it, it turns out it wasn't him. Let's just say that there was a picture taken of a man with similar hair to Ric Flair on a train with a woman, and his head was between her legs. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he, I don't think it was Ric Flair. Yeah. Ric Flair tweeted out and he said that Ric Flair doesn't go on the train. Woo! <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> is there any particular match that you've seen in, in the wrestling world that is your favorite? Um, You know, I haven't been watching wrestling for a while. Um, oddly mm -hmm. enough, I, me and my buddy still listen to like the podcast. We listen to the podcasts and stuff, you know, all, all, the, all the podcasts that they have. So pretty much that's... A, uh, where I get my wrestling from now, but I mean the Hell in a Cell, the Hell in a Cell cage match, you know, um, there's been some good ones over the years. Um, I remember my favorite though was um, I forget which WrestleMania was, but it was here in Las Vegas. So um, mm -hmm. I remember like you know uh, that was a pretty that was a pretty good time. That was my best my best favorite wrestling moment. Yeah, and funny enough, SummerSlam this weekend is in Las Vegas. Would you not go? um we were we were thinking about it i mean tickets are just real real expensive right now and um you know it's just i don't know we'll see maybe next year when things are a little different i'll be able to get back out there you know i gotta yeah. be safe right now we're going back to work and i gotta put a q-tip in my nose twice a week so yeah have you got to do all those those things for for the shop as well yeah oh yeah we gotta you know we make sure everyone's you know um doing their part and and trying to keep everyone safe so uh we are going to be filming a new season but you know there's a lot of protocol call 
in place uh, to make sure we were as safe as possible. And we did yeah. it last year without anything. Uh, last year was it went perfect. It went great. Um, so expecting to have another good another good seven months of filming. Yeah. What's what's Vegas like at the moment? Then it's obviously much be quieter than than it would normally be. It's actually pretty busy again because it's summertime. So it's mm-hmm. actually pre- it's pretty busy. Um, it's really hot right now, and it's not your typical crazy crazy summer. But still, you know, it's pretty busy. Uh, I don't don't really try to go to the strip unless I'm pretty much going shopping to a certain store or going out to dinner, you know, or or something like that. I I go for a purpose. I try to avoid the craziness. I don't want yeah. to know what it's like to be a tourist in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, and plus, because of the TV show, you obviously, if you were fortunate enough to get COVID, then that would kind of mess things up for you guys scheduling filming as well. So you have to keep all yeah. that in mind, I guess. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, I you know, do a lot, lot less when we're filming in season, you know, because, uh, like you said, if one of us was to get it, it could really slow things down and, also, we're working with a crew. It's a very small crew, but, you know, there's other people that have to be around me every single day, you know. So uh, I make sure to just, you know, pretty much stay at home and cook my own meals, learn how to cook new meals. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys had to reduce your crew size because of all this? So we're actually very fortunate enough to be able to film with a very small crew already. Mm-hmm. Um, we... Uh, it is a little different. Like there'll be a couple people that would usually be in the room that we, you know, they stand on the other side of uh, the area, you know, and uh, we do keep it down to the bare minimum that we have to, but even, you know, we can, I think we can film with like five people, you know, if we had to, uh, we could do it with less probably. Yeah. And then with the customers coming into the shop, does there have to be uh, probably a quota of people that can come in then for the season? Like obviously you can't have the place packed, but way is that working? Um, we don't have any customers in while we're filming the scenes right now, um, just for safety purposes. As, you know, uh, especially in Vegas, everyone's traveling. You know, everyone's coming from everywhere, so yeah. it's kind of like a mel- melting pot of. Even during the regular flu season, you know, uh, it's pretty tough out here. Yeah, I want to talk to you about your candy store. Mm-hmm. Tell me all yeah, about it. Yeah. It's uh, right in the parking lot of the pawn shop, and it's. Um, built in a shipping container so it's pretty small and it's been pretty tough over the last year year and a half you know um we've been managing to stay around but the cool thing about the candy shop is i'm usually down there meeting people you know i usually go five sometimes seven days a week if i'm not busy i'll go for you know two to four or five hours a day and uh so for me it was always a cool thing to do to have a business right there by the shop and um and for me to be able to go over there and meet with fans, like I'll go in between filming and hang out there like for 30 minutes, 45 minutes and go back. And um, on the weekends, I would go in there, you know, all day on the weekends and just kind of gives people a thank you for coming out, spending all their time watching um, us on TV. And you know, it makes people happy. It leaves them uh, wanting to come back and visit the pawn shop or, you know, going to catch the next season. So um, I really enjoy it. And it's really, really small, but, we pump out a lot of fun. Yeah. I can't, I see I can't got... really go in there right now because um, uh, everything's so backed up. If we were like, if I was to go in there, we would sell out of candy in a day or two. And it's been taking us like a, several weeks to get our orders. We'll play, which like uh, order roulette. You just place the order and eventually it comes. Yeah. Yeah. And I seen you have on your, your website as well. You have like a, 
merchandise lines and different types of clothing how did that come about oh you know that just comes about when you're on tv you're always looking uh to do cool things like that people you know i was the first one to make a shirt in the pond and pond store long when we first started um because i had friends making t-shirts so we just we made one up and then uh i printed up a bunch and rick said hey you know i i'm making shirts too and then we just worked out a deal so i could sell them in the pawn shop and um he can just you know we can just bundle them all together and have merchandise for everyone so i thought it'd be cool to put some online because uh I always seen people wearing um, fake ones, which I don't care where you buy it from. But obviously, if I'm seeing ones that um, people are just making themselves, then there's uh, other people who are out there might want some. So I thought it was just a cool idea. And then I get to put th- I get to put my dog Pinky on a shirt and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was what was Rick's reaction to that? Because he didn't he wouldn't strike me as someone that'd be mad for printing his own T-shirts, but he's seen the light that he. Well, his reaction was, yeah, you can sell them at my pawn shop. How much of money can I make off it? <laughs> that that sounds like a pretty uh, pretty Rick statement, all right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was probably word for word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you about, I always kind of ask people that are famous, yeah, are famous. It's like, what's the funniest interaction you've ever had, like, say, in public in a grocery store with someone coming up to you or something like that? Is there anything that comes to mind? So there's a reverse action. Uh, my mom lives in a little tiny small town. And um, I went up there one time. This was years ago to visit her. And there was mm-hmm. a guy wearing a Chum Lee shirt. But I had lost, like, you know, a bunch of weight at the time. So I yeah. looked a little different. And I said, oh, man, you like that guy? I don't like that guy. And he was like, oh, no, I like this guy. This is Chum Lee, you know, the show, the Pawn Stars. He started telling me about it. I was like, okay, yeah. thank you. And I was like, it's me, Chum Lee. And then it was, he was just like, oh, my goodness. So that was pretty funny. Yeah, he just didn't recognize you straight away. Probably couldn't believe it was you. He couldn't think that I would be in this little tiny small town for, you know, and I, there I was, you know. It's a town Quick of like fire. a few thousand people. Yeah. Quick fire question. How many pairs of shoes have you got currently? I'm down, I'm down, down a lot of shoes. Um, I've been getting rid of tons and tons of shoes because, um, I always love shoes, but I love them to wear them. You know, I'm not the guy who buys them and puts them in a closet or resells them or anything like that. That's just yeah. not. So a lot of my stuff, I I would have a sentimental attachment to it. And then I would just put it on the side. And after a year, I'd go, okay, I'm not going to wear it anymore. So I'd get rid of it, sell some of it. I gave a lot of it away. But I still probably have um, around 60 pair of shoes, which is still a lot of shoes. Um, yeah, more you have shoes than I, more shoes than you need. That's for sure. Yeah. But I definitely had hundreds and hundreds at one point. Yeah, I remember the first time I uh, got rid of a bunch. I, I called my friends and I said I got a pile of shoes in the garage. Whoever gets here first can help themselves in that order. <laughs> so and like a group message, you know. So I had like ten of my friends, you know, because we're all the same size. They're over there looking, trying to. I go, no, no. Here's the deal. They all got to go. You can't have any of them. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Couple of quick fire wrestling questions for you. You can just answer them. Rock or Austin? Uh, Austin. Hogan or Randy Savage? Macho man. Jeff Hardy or Matt Hardy? I guess Matt. Okay. Uh, Dude Love or Val Venus? Dude Love all the way. (laughs) Inferno match, Inferno match or casket match? Casket match. Okay. Tori Wilson or Trish Stratus? 
True Stratus. Okay. And then a, a question I always ask wrestlers when they're on, I'm going to ask you as well in relation to wrestling. If you were stranded on a desert island and you needed to pick three wrestlers to be there with you to survive, who would they be? Well, Stone Cold, because we're always going to have beer. Okay. Never running out of that. Um, well, that, I guess I would also probably take Ric Flair because that's always going to be super, super entertaining. Yep. And then... Um, uh, the third one, this one's hard, but I'm probably going to go with a classic old school, The Undertaker. Mm. Still around, well, still wrestling yeah. once a year. <laughs> yeah. Most most uh, people, when I ask that question, they uh, I say to them, some of them throw in a girl, and then I say to them, oh, most people pick a girl, and then they're like, oh, shit, I never picked a girl to be on the island with. So It's all, it's all right, you know. It's, uh, hang, it's out with, hang, out with, hang out with the boys and have fun. Drink a yeah, lot of beer. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Listen, man, before you go, I just want to know, have you got any plans for the future to do, like we, like we talked about earlier, you mentioned that you had projects. Like, is there anything you can reveal or give hint um, to that, that you're doing? I, I am working on some stuff. I have a hot sauce app called Grandeza Hot Sauce. You can check it out at uh, grandezahotsauce.com. I'm also mm -hmm. um, about to um, release a new line for pets. It's a... Uh, I have some luxury leather goods like with faux print ostrich and faux print snakeskin. Um, um, really cool um, for your dog's leashes, harnesses, and collars. And also I have uh, some cool uh, dog clothing that I can't quite let that out the bag yet, but I promise when you see it, you're going to love it. Yeah. Man, it was an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. Thank you. I know you're a busy guy and best of luck with filming. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you me. so much, man. Take care.